Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm Sherry. And I'm David. And we are still on this great topic of how to talk to your kids about healthy sexuality. And we've done a lot of process work, and we're beginning uh, up through, we're up through the ages of eight. We're talking about eight through the tween years. And so we've talked a little bit about how to introduce the topic, that you're going to want to make sure that you're doing several talks. This is not just the talk in big quotation marks, a two-hour process in our (laughs) Sunday best. Oh, man, two hours. Yeah, right? We'd all die. Um, (laughs) And how it's important to do your homework ahead of time. Yeah. Make sure that you're comfortable and familiar with the topic, understand the ins and outs so that you can uh, answer any questions um, that they might have and uh, and feel comfortable enough using all of the proper terminology. Yeah. So I think we're, we're putting a little disclaimer on this episode. We will be using the proper terminology as we discussed today. So if you haven't had these talks with your children or you're wanting to listen to that without uh, them present, this is the episode to wait on if you have those uh, little ears around and you're wanting to kind of get your feet under you. Um, Yes. Listen to this first. Yes. Make sure you're not listening to this with someone. Yes. So... Um, so we're going to talk about how do we talk about the processes of sex and how do we do that in age appropriate ways. And again, one of the best ways to do that is put things in appropriate context, relationship context, um, caring context, what the purpose is, um, all of these different things are going to help. Um, so when we talk about last time we mentioned that, um, one of the whys of why we have sex is to create a bond um, and a connection between husband and wife. And that that is a process of becoming actually physically one with each other. Then we can talk about how bodies of husbands and wives, right? You don't, we're not saying men and women, even we're saying husbands and wives because we're using that vernacular. We're bringing that, value system into play there. Um, Again, I should probably also disclaim one more time that this is going to be God centered because that's the framework that, that I work for work through and from. So, um, and both of us, both of us have that sort of framework. So that's how we're going to talk about it today. But so take what you like and leave the rest there. So, uh, so when we talk about bodies and husbands, of husbands and wives are actually made special to fit together. And both men and women have sexual organs. And some of these sexual organs are on the outside of the body and some are on the inside of the body. 
And then we talk again about that these sexual organs help each person's body to fulfill or help each person with their body to fulfill um, God's purposes of our lives to have strong families, to create families and also to be strong together as a husband and wife. Which most kids can really relate to. Yes. You know, we talked last episode about part of this is creating life. The other part is unity. The other part is strengthening the relationship. Mm-hmm. And children understand mom and dad being close and then the family benefiting from that. And the more mom and dad are close and connected and get along and have a good time and hug and do these sorts of things, the safer, the more secure, the happier the children are. Yes. And so they understand that context, I think, even if just by experience. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So when we've talked about that, we can talk about how our sexual organs are often called private parts, right? I think that's a word that a lot of people use. And that's to help remind us that these parts of our body are special and sacred and help us to fulfill some of our main purposes here in life, right? And uh, it can also help us remember that even though the world or Satan or the adversary, however it is that you want to frame that, does not want us to fulfill our purposes on earth to respect our bodies or know that sex is sacred, that we know better and we can make healthy choices with our bodies. Yep. So we talked a little bit about um, the wife's body, right? Last time we were talking about, and I was explaining how I was talking to my 10-year-old son about what tampons were and what they were for. But we'll talk about the sexual organs of a wife's body um, or a mother's body. Sometimes that's, you know, a woman's body. You can use some of these words, um, Mm -hmm. interchangeably, but you want to make sure that you have that context of relationship, um, that you are bringing up and you talk about what they all are, the uterus, the ovaries, the vulva, the vagina, the breasts, right? And you just talk about what each of those are, right? The two ovaries are small, like ball shaped organs inside the wife's body that make groups of cells tinier than we can see called eggs. And they contain all the genetic material from the wife that's needed, all the information that you have to have in order to create a new body, a baby. Once the egg connects with the genetic material or all the information from provided by the husband's body or the dad's body, or, you know, Mm -hmm. however it is you want to phrase that, whatever words you want to use. So when the eggs are ready, they leave the ovaries through little tubes called fallopian tubes that connect the ovaries to the uterus. And if the information from the egg connects with the information from the husband's body, then a new baby starts to grow inside the uterus, which will be the baby's home until it's ready to be born. And that vagina, and the vagina is like a tube inside the wife's body that connects the uterus to the outside of the body. And when a baby is born, it leaves the mother's uterus and travels through the vagina and out into our wonderful world to loving parents who created the baby and will take care of him or her. So Wonderful and, and great framework again. I mean, you think about how much detail Sherry gave just there compared to your average kind of 
birds and the bees yes. conversation. Yes. But but you get a real sense, I'm sure, listening to that and hearing that, how much more balanced that is mm-hmm. and, and how it puts it, again, we talk about framework, this framework of family and love and caring and nurturing and you could say, you know, like a plan mm-hmm. to, to have children who are raised in loving homes where they will be uh, taken care of and happiest. Yes. And so... Uh, great approach. I love it. I know listening to this, we go, I did not get that talk or maybe I haven't talked that yes, way to right? our children yet, <laughs> but you can tell also that it's just a, a beautiful way of, again, not only explaining the hows exactly, mm-hmm. but just the whole process, how amazing and wonderful it is. Yeah. Yeah. And kids really get that. They get yeah. that wonder. They get the right? feeling of this like, is, oh, wow, this is a beautiful so thing. Neat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it becomes so much easier to talk about when we, you know, have that framework, right? Yeah. Much easier. And it, and it's not nearly, at least I think hearing this, it's not nearly as uncomfortable or sort of reactionary, like, oh, I don't know if I can talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. It right. almost becomes like, I really want them to think about it this way. And I'm excited to talk to them about it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. When we put it in context, and that's one of the things that you know, that kids don't get when they're getting stuff in the media or even, right. even yeah, health none of that class, nope. right? In health class, they're just not getting that. They're nope. getting, this is the fact of bodies. But the problem is when you separate bodies from souls, when you separate bodies from emotions and from connection and from really from from God yeah, and and that whole realm of it, you're missing important yeah. things, right? You're missing you, the, the most, the important, most thing, the important most thing, the most fulfilling things. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of hard sometimes to talk about. Sometimes if clients say, well, what's the big deal? Just sort of recreational or, or casual sex. Right. It's kind of hard to explain a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know it when you have it and you know it when you don't. Right. And we definitely want that framework to be in place for a child to have every opportunity. Yes. So. Yes. And hopefully as they have these experiences and they feel what they feel as you talk about these things in in healthy ways, they'll recognize healthy and unhealthy as they move through their lives into their intimate relationships. And they'll see that difference. So as you're talking about this, then of course you just continue to talk about the rest of the parts, the rest of the sexual organs, um, that the outside opening, the part that you can see on the outside of females' uh, sexual organs is called the vulva. And um, and that's important because I think a lot of people, even if they're talking and using proper language, a lot of people don't call that the vulva, right? They, they say, oh, it's your vagina. Like, yeah. no, actually, you can't see that part, right? So they're learning the proper vernacular is really important, right? Um, I love that my kids kids could run up to me on the playground and they're little and say like, oh, this, like my penis is hurting or, you know, that they can use the right words instead of like, oh, it's right down here, but I I don't even know what to call it. And this is super uncomfortable or... You know, and so being able to have that proper language is important and it, um, it makes it a normal part of your body instead of something that's 
we don't talk about yeah. it or is like, you know, scary or. And if it's scary or weird, guess mm-hmm. what your relationship becomes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> is that the one. kind of relationship you want with right. your body or you want your children to have with their body, right? right? So you're going to talk about that. You're going to talk about the breasts and where they are on the body and, um, you know, in, in ways that they can understand, like those will grow. For women, those are going to grow as they become a teen, as a, as a woman becomes a teenager, a girl becomes a teenager to prepare her to be a mother. And they're very special because after a mother has a baby, her body tells her breast that the new baby will need something to eat. And then the breasts will make milk, a special, special kind of milk that has all the right kinds of nutrients and protections a baby need as they first grow until they're old enough to eat food. And so, again, it's just this very, yeah. like, relationship-oriented, gentle way to talk about that. And that is so cool. Like, mm-hmm. isn't that amazing that our bodies yeah. do that? That it women's really bodies just do that. It's incredible. And um, so let's talk about the husband's body. So the husband's body, the main private sexual organs of a man's body are called the penis and the testicles. And they're outside of the body between the legs. That's the difference between men and women, boys and girls, husbands, wives, right? As those are on the outside of the body. And it's, um, and again, as they get older and you're having more conversations with them about this, you can go into uh, more detail about how initially as a fetus is forming, those sexual organs are um, look the same. And uh, that can actually be helpful when you're talking about uh, sexual arousal, when, um, you know, with premarital kind of stuff and different things as you're getting ready to have sex uh, for the first time to understand how those, um, analogous organs work. Um, because there are, they are analogous, right? At the beginning, you can't tell a difference and then they develop, um, they develop separately. Uh, and so understanding that is kind of helpful as they get a little bit older. Right. So we're going to talk about, uh, so then you just talk about, and you can just, you're again, a lot of this is just description, right? What does the penis look like, right? It's uh, it's long and there are two testicles on either side that look like small balls inside the skin. And inside the testicles, groups of cells tinier than we can even see are called sperm. And they have all the cells, they have all the information in them, in those cells to create a new body a baby when they're combined with the cells from the wife's body so and you can talk about why the testicles are outside the body because they have they can't be inside because then it will be too warm for them right and so that's why god made men's bodies with their testicles outside so that they would be just the right temperature to be healthy and strong and so then when you talk about sex, you, you just talk about how when it's time to be sexually intimate, the penis gets hard and long and the end moves away from the husband's body. And God designed the penis to do that so it fits perfectly inside the tube of the vagina. And that is what happens physically when a couple has sex 
And that produces good and powerful and loving feelings for both of them. And during that time, when the penis is inside the vagina, the sperm, all that information needed from the husband to create a new body, travels from the testicle, testicles through the penis and into the wife's body to try to connect with the egg, which is the other half of all that information needed to create a new body. And that and the little, those little sperm cells, they look really cool. It's like this little ball with like a little tail that kind of spins and helps that, uh, helps those cells to move forward and try to find the egg. If the information connects, if the sperm and the egg connect, then a new body begins to grow inside the uterus and it will come and land on the side of the uterus and attach there so that it can get all of that healthy blood um, and help it to grow. The baby starts just as a few cells that are so small we can't even see them. And over about nine months, it develops all the things a newborn baby has. Eyes and ears, fingers, a heart and a mouth. And that is, it's just wonderful and amazing to think about. So that is... You know, that's one of the ways that you can talk about it. Again, you can break this up and right. you can talk about different pieces. And and sometimes you want to go with a little bit less information if they're a little bit younger. Um, and so sometimes people will remove, like take out the part um, initially about the penis entering the vagina and just talk, you know, about, well, this information is going to connect with this information, right. right? Maybe if they're not asking how exactly. Right. It's enough to say, you know. The right. sperm and the egg yes. join or whatever. And they say, great, okay. And you know. Uh-huh, yeah. That's what they wanted to know at that time, right? So you can take these little pieces and, and provide um, these snapshots of conversations that you can have and give them more information as they're, you know, as they're interested or wanting to know or, you know, you can explain that. Um, and you just again, with this context of how amazing and wonderful our bodies are and how they're connecting with each other and how that, you know, creates this beautiful life with, between the couple and also the possibility of creating a new life. Right. Yeah. And I like how Sherry, um, when she talked about that, you know, her tone and her voice and it, you just really get the impression just talking about this, that it's a very special thing. And that's exactly what you want your child to feel about this versus something mm -hmm. where you're, you know, giving them a recipe from across the room and just kind of, yes, <laughs> this is different where, um, it's not just information. It's also a feeling. It's also a, a sense of what the information means. And she did a really good job of communicating that. Yeah. And I think that that's, half of this mm -hmm. sharing process is the tone and you feeling um, more special and sacred about this process than maybe nervous or just trying to get through the information or um, just trying to be done having the conversation, but, right. but having that same approach of just reverence because mm -hmm. it is an amazing thing. Right. Um, and, you know, Sherry, thanks for, the way you said it and the way you went through it, because I think that was a really good example. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
And there's so much more of these little conversations and these details that you can have during this age um, period, but also as they get into their teenage years and, you know, explaining even more details about things or, um, you know, like we talked about with the analogous structures, you know, before a baby develops, you know, more fully, but also, you know, other really, you know, fascinating, interesting and really cool processes like uh just you know off the top of my head i just i think it's so fascinating that just before ejaculation occurs right there's a gland called the cowper's gland that secretes a sterilizing fluid and just basically flushes everything out of the urethra and makes it all ready to go for the sperm to be ejaculated in in an environment that's going to be self um, healthy for them and, you know, make it more likely that they will survive, right? I mean, that right there is just, that's really cool information, right? That's, yeah. It's cool stuff about how our bodies work. And so, you know, that might be something that you talk about a little later as they get older. So this kind of covers the, you know, how to have a conversation about sexual processes. But um, as they get older from there, right, the next age and stage is, is your teenage years and all of that. And really what you're doing is just a lot more detail and a lot more, um, you know, topics like, uh, like, abuse or rape or, um, LGBTQ issues, or, you know, it just becomes more involved. It becomes more, um, more details, more, um, philosophical almost, you know, where you're talking about, well, what do you think about this? And how, what do I think about this? And, you know, what does God think about this? You know, what, what kind of information can we pull in and discuss and just really make it, um, any topic sexual or otherwise, you know, just a very, um, very commonplace, very easy kind of conversation to have. Um, yeah. And, and really I think leads into the second part. The first part is more of the how nuts and bolts. And the second part is more of the relationship Yes, and more of the unity and more of the, to strengthen the relationship. And what does that mean? And, and how mm-hmm. does that work? And why would, it's like my daughter I mentioned in the last episode, kind of was under the impression that maybe sex is just for procreation. Right. And her older sister did a great job talking about that, which was simultaneously a shaming moment for me and a proud moment both. <laughs> that, they were, <laughs> that they were believing the way they were. But this idea of how is it for unity or how does it strengthen the relationship? Yes. And in addition to just the what happens, um, what about those feelings? And what about the danger of those feelings in or out of a certain context mm-hmm. or out of a relationship where there isn't deep commitment right. or, or um, connection or bonding and why that matters. And I think as they get older, that stuff becomes very relevant. Yes, yes, extremely. And, you know, even just talking about, for example, you know, the concept of of uh, extramarital sex or even even in cohabitation situations. You know, you can point to all the research yeah. points to the fact that um, that relationships are not as strong when it's just a cohabiting situation right. rather than with the commitment uh, of marriage. And so if you're in a cohabiting relationship and you're having that 
sexual relationship, why is that different? Like, why yeah. does it matter, right? Why does it even matter? It's not even a big thing, right? It's not a big Which deal. is what the the world and society, which they hear right yes, constantly all, all the time. And so to be able to talk about why, well, and if they've had this framework of the, this is what this is for, and the commitment strengthens, and you know, when you're doing these things, you are, you know, you're sealing, you're you're connecting um, to people and their lives and their hearts. Well, what happens if there isn't commitment mm-hmm. with that? Yeah. What does that mean? And why is that dangerous? And yes. Especially for girls, which I think is important to identify because the guys often, it is more of a physical thing, whereas for girls, it can tend to be more of an emotional thing and the guys are missing that. They just want something, but for the girls, it's received differently. And I think that's good for boys and girls who are... Um, tweens and teens and learning more about this to understand that better. Right. And, and, and we what often we really see these patterns do... in boyfriend, girlfriend relationships, right? Right. Where they push for physical, but the girl likes the attention and, and wants to feel connected, uh, connected and loved and important, but right. he may not be feeling that about the relationship at all. Right. And right. why that would be different. And so I think to kind of clarify what you're saying, I think, for the girls, it's important to help them to recognize all of those aspects of it. And that when they're asked, you know, when they want that connection, that commitment, there's a reason why they want that. And that's really good and really healthy. And they need to be aware to not, you know, give into pressures to let go of that. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think uh, to clarify what he's saying, I, I don't think that it's less important for us to be teaching the boys that, <laughs> hey, guess what? Yes, it's a more physical thing. But something that you need to, it's something that you need to bring to that relationship is the connection is, you know, working on that end of things, right? Right. It's um, just easier for girls. It's easier for girls to understand that concept sometimes, right? And, and Sometimes. And it makes sense, right? Because they have more to lose. You know, if they get pregnant and the guy, you know, he's kind of, his role is over. Takes off, she yeah. carries it. She has to make some hard decisions. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just a lot more pressure on the girl and, yeah. and good for them to understand that. Good for that to be a conversation. Yeah, he can, he can about... be, this can be a one-time hookup situation, but then she's going to be impacted in some really big ways for a long time. Right, right. And that's where the committed relationship becomes really important. So right. all of this becomes talking Again, points, right? Yes. As they are older. Super and important. Can, and again, not just for the, the female there, right? Like the, those yeah. boys need to really understand that concept as well yeah. and really understand how they could end up, you know, affecting someone else's lives, yeah. you know, multiple people's lives, right? For a very, very long time if they haven't learned to, um, to manage themselves, you know, yeah. and their desires and understanding the context in which that should, um, that sexual relationship should occur and the reasons why, you know, I think that's super critical. I think it's, it's easy for us to say, talk about women and how that, well, yep, that's how that works for them. And, you know, but we definitely need, we need our boys to understand that concept as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that effect and, making sure that the, the connection, the relationship and saving it for those, um, that level of commitment 
is also, you know, very, very well taught. Yeah. And, you know, helping them to become more emotionally intelligent, right? Helping them to start to develop those things now so that as they move into more committed relationships, um, they're better able to to focus on that and to have that connection um, and build that properly before yeah. you, you know, tie the knot and, yeah. and introduce the, the sexuality into the relationship. So... Lots of, again, I mean, we could talk for hours and days, really right, could. about all of the different types of conversations that you want to have. Yeah. So, and that's one of the things that can be really helpful is to have regular talks, right, um, all along the way, but especially, you know, in those teenage years where you've got yeah. all these different topics so that much you to want to cover, about. right? And so to have some of the conversations, and sometimes you'll have things that, that you've been thinking about, oh, yeah, we haven't covered this or we haven't talked about this yet. But you can also ask them, like, what what kinds of things are you hearing? What kinds of things are you um, experiencing? Or uh, do you have questions about? And you can get some really good uh, topics going about yeah, that, right? Definitely. Um, you're definitely going to be talking about um, pornography and explicit content and you know, some of those are really great conversations to have. We can probably do a couple of episodes on that. And, um, <laughs> you know, masturbation and, you know, even just regular body processes. We haven't yet talked about wet dreams and things like that. And again, you know, how does the body work and how do we, how do we explain that? And it becomes a, an, an easy and connected yeah. way um, to talk about things that sound really hard, but really in actuality, they really aren't that challenging. Yeah. Don't need to be. And especially when you're coming from it where the body is amazing and wonderful and whatever the body is doing has really cool functionality behind it. So mm -hmm. even something embarrassing, right? You can say, um, having a period or having a wet dream, but mm -hmm. the functionality behind that is yes, pretty amazing. And, and when mm -hmm. you approach it from that place, it's almost again, kind of like a rite of passage where it's like, this is pretty cool. My body's doing cool. like what it's supposed to do. Yes. It's getting ready. Right. Oftentimes with the, the maturation stuff, you can talk about it in terms of your body is getting ready to be a parent. Yeah. Right. And then you can have these beautiful conversations additionally about, okay, so your body's ready to be a parent and to be in a committed long-term relationship. Uh, are you ready emotionally? Yeah. Right? And yep. there's a difference there. And it's pretty cool as they get older, you can, you can talk to them more and more about just whatever and mm -hmm. their understanding. I mean... Obviously, as they get older, you can do this about anything and everything. But right. around this topic, it's it's pretty cool. Yes. It can be. Yes, yes. I really like, um, I sat in with uh, my son several years ago on a, a maturation presentation at the at the school. I was think it's fascinating to hear, okay, let's see, how are they describing this? And how are <laughs> they thinking about it or saying things? And I really loved what um, the presenter said at the end. And he was talking about that concept of like, um, you know, your your body can have, you know, your body's ready to be a man. Like that's kind of how he talked about it. He said, but, but are you being a man? Like, are you, you know, 
treating people well? Are you being responsible? Are you, you know, and all of these other, you know, little concepts to think about um, and for them to think about in terms of like being a real man. It's not just the capacity to have an erection or, um, or to have sex. It's so much more than that. And, you know, what, how do you need to be developing that way? And I, so I, I really loved that, that he brought that in to the conversation. So again, tons of things that you can talk (laughs) about and ways that you can talk about healthy sexuality and again, having those conversations many times is useful, right? Like just like David was pointing out and you, you know, if you've had it once or whatever, and it's definitely happened to me too, then, you know, you come back and they only caught part of it. And, <laughs> and I'm pretty you know? sure I told her. <laughs> I know her, we've talked about this she, before. She seemed to have missed that part. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Again, right, this is the same as, as couples. And sometimes you just hear what you want to hear or what you... Or just that part and your brain got stuck on that. You were thinking yep. about that and you missed the next 10 minutes of the conversation or whatever. So keep talking. Yep. So keep talking. I definitely, definitely hear that a lot. And and just be comfortable and open and, uh, and available to talk about. And again, it can be something where you say, hey, you know what? I'm not quite sure the answer. Let's get... Yeah. Let's like, can we talk about this tomorrow at this time? And, you know, I'm going to kind of think about it and do some research or whatever. Or, um, you know, if it's not good timing, right, you're in the middle of some, you know, whatever, the dog knocked over a gallon of milk or something all over the floor, you know, you can say, oh, that's such a great question. Let's talk about this later. I want to make sure that I, you know, can chat with you about it and don't get too distracted or whatever. But so that you're open and. Just make it as yep. casual as you can and as comfortable as you can. Um, and But still in that, you know, respectful uh, place. Yeah. So I, I love, I know, um, I have people in my life that do that, that are just so comfortable all the way through. Their kids come to them about all kinds of stuff. And they'll say, oh, yeah, well, I heard this in the locker room and whatever and at dinner time, you know, and <laughs> yeah. the dad just is kind of like, well, that's, this is actually how that body process works. Oh, but they said, okay, well, do you <laughs> think they understand that concept better? Do you think I understand that concept better? <laughs> having, you know, having been in a sexual relationship for, you know, decades versus, you know, this kid and, you know, for the kids to be able to go, oh, okay, so not yeah. everything I hear is actually legitimate and that's not actually how it works or, you know, whatever. They're getting some better, they're getting better information. They're coming to you and yeah. asking you. It's it's awesome. Yes, it's an when awesome happens, process. You, you've arrived. You've yes. achieved something when they can do that. So <laughs> When they can do that, when yeah. they feel comfortable with that. Those are good moments. So... Hopefully this is a helpful topic and certainly I know we could spend tons more time on it, but a little bit of an overview and that can get you started and um, feel free to email us or, you know, get a hold of us, ask more questions. We'd love to address them later if you have more things that you would, um, that you have questions about or how to talk about things and whatnot. So. And there's a link in the description for the episode, if you don't read the description, um, to Sherry's book. Mm-hmm. And so that's yep. in there as well. And again, that one 
is uh, for young young children as you're starting this process out. Um, although you know I have had people use it with their teenagers to so yeah. get that conversation started a little bit. So, but we hope these episodes were helpful. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.